fell on him. Amen. <laughs> Look at that. I got a full bottle of water that's never been opened. See, that miracles do happen. But I don't know if I want any tonight. Take your Bibles go to first, or John chapter 20. I was reading through my Bible today and uh, sitting there saying, Lord, well, I got to get caught up. got to do this, got to do that. And I went up to Michigan to pick up a car that I bid on by mistake. And I didn't bid on it by mistake. I actually bid on it right, but I didn't expect to win it. And I did it. And I, then I had to go pick it up. And it's like all the way at the very tip, tip, tip top of Michigan. You had to go across uh, the Mackinac Bridge and go to the other side and still about four hours that away. And, uh, I mean, Huron's over here, Huron's over here, Michigan's over here, and Superior's up here, and it's just like water, water everywhere. I thought I was back out to sea again on some little island. It's amazing how big them lakes are. Uh, you cannot see across them things uh, from the shoreline. Now, I don't know how far out you can go if you can actually go, because I've never been out there in the Michigan, but or you're on Huron or Superior, but uh, it looked like you could go out, and, I mean, 13 miles is a horizon, so, and that's up on a ship, so if you go out, I don't know how wide those lakes are, but, uh, I mean, it's almost like being on, at sea out there, and things are huge, uh, but it was a blessing, got to go up there and, and uh, just drive up here, pick up a car, drive it back, and, and everything worked good. I met an officer up there, a, a sheriff, and we started talking, and uh, he, he saved, and he told me some things was going on. Uh, I, I, he called me a moron. <laughs> I, said, I said, you got terrible bedside manners, man. I said, he, I, he told me where the car was. I drove by it like three times before, and he's sitting out there doing this. He said, he, when I called him up the last time, he goes, you, I mean, this is how he answers the phone. You would never make a detective. You're an idiot. He goes, you can't see nothing. I said, where were you? He goes, you passed me three times and didn't see me. I said, now I know how it feels. I said, I do that all the time. I, wave. I was on the road one day, and Amy left me. Her and Steve was coming from, from, uh, from the, somewhere up there, and, and they were coming down 75. I told them right where I was at, man. I had this big sign. Uh, I, I said, we'll preach for food or ride or something. And they do right on by, man. I'm, sitting, I'm like, here I am all the way up halfway between here and Toledo. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to start hitchhiking back. Steve, I think, finally caught it and came back and gave me. John chapter 20. You know, we have lost the excitement of, of Jesus Christ. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. We've lost that. We've lost a lot of that stuff. We let this stuff go. we got a revival coming up. And I'm telling you, to, to be here is going to cost them. It's going to be hard to be here every night and every day. I, that's why I started on Sunday. I like starting them on Sunday morning if I can. Uh, because that way, you know exactly when the thing's going to happen. You start priming the people, and if the Lord moves in and gives somebody something or a couple of people something, then it could carry all the way out to Thursday. John chapter 20 uh, is an interesting chapter. Let's read it first. John chapter 20, verse 1, it says, and it's a, it's a passage where the crucifixion is here. And it says, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. She runneth and cometh, uh, cometh to Simon Peter. And to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. She left a couple of people there. And, and uh, so Peter, it says, verse 3, Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. And come first, Peter must be overweight, fat, something, I don't know, man, but uh, John got him. And cometh uh, first to the sepulcher. And stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. Now, uh, that's a lot of Christians just do that. They'll, they'll get so close to you know, something. Now, John is the uh, disciple that Jesus loved. Don't know why he did this, but he stopped and looked in. I think I've been at that tomb. I have found a place in Jerusalem that matches this thing to a T. 
And there's another thing about this that goes on, and there's a, there's a, uh, a sister in there, but I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Then stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went not in. Went he not in. We hinder ourselves sometimes. Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher. Simon's just like a bull in a china shop. And seeing the linen clothes lie and the napkin uh, that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself, then went in also the other disciple, which first came to the sepulcher and saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again under their own home. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the word of God tonight. What a blessing uh, this book is. Special book, Lord. Uh, it's just full of, full of wonders and amazements and things that, uh, Lord, one of these days are going to happen to all of us. Lord, uh, I'm amazed uh, to stand in your presence. I'm, I'm amazed to even think about you. I'm amazed that you even allow me to still think about you. Uh, Lord, uh, 43 years later, of all the things that I've done in my life that you could easily remove uh, your thoughts out of my mind. You could turn me over to a reprobate mind, but you never have. Uh, Lord, just the things, that, the blessings that you've had and you've given me, let me be part of, let me see, Lord, the young people raised, uh, coming up still wanting to serve you. Lord, there's still hope, Lord. There's still hope in, in, our, in our nation. There's hope in our people. Uh, Lord, there's hope in, in individuals, Lord, that you can save, still save souls. You're still out there. You said you came to seek and save that which was lost. Help us to never lose sight of the things that you've come to do, Lord, is set in place. But Lord, help us to never lose sight of you. And Father, again, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, he's sitting here, and I, like I said, in Jerusalem, I went there, and, and uh, most of the time, it's all Catholic. I've been there a whole bunch of times. I was over about six months, seven months total, all the amount of time I've been there. And uh, you go around all these places. I've been up on Masada. I've been, is that somebody walking out there? Oh, is it? But uh, I've been to Masada. I've been to the Dead Sea, been to Jerusalem, been to Haifa. I've been up on Mount Carmel where I believe Elijah preached. I mean, there's a couple spots that's real close to exactly what, maybe not within, the, within five feet, but I mean, it's close. When you look out, you can match it up. It, it lines up with the King James Bible. But this place where they took us, it was outside of the city. It's outside of the gate. You walk down into it. You come up into the garden there, and there's a place where they called God Gotha, and they said, look, it's the place of the skull. And, and you look at the mountain, and, and if you look at it the right way, it kind of looks like a skullish-looking thing, and and that's over. And then over on this old side over here is a big old, like a mountain. And there's this hole cut, this doorway cut into this mountain. And it, it goes back in there. And, and then there's this trough sitting here. It's about that wide. And you can see where they had a big, big stone of some sort, probably this high, seven foot high probably, that rolled up and down into this thing. And you'd have to roll it. The trough kept the thing in place. And they'd roll it up and, and close the sepulcher off and seal it. And, and that would be it. So, I mean, it looked like, yeah, but that really wasn't it either. There was a garden there. And then the guy told us, he said, I believe this is the place. And I said, why do you believe this is the place? He goes, because of this cistern. I said, what has that cistern got to do? So he walked me over to it, and I looked down, and it's like, like 40, 50 feet down there, 60 feet, whatever. It's way down there, and there's just water everywhere. And he says, there's like 10 million gallons of water down there. And he goes, that wasn't built overnight. And he goes, if you're going to have a garden, you're going to have to have a lot of water. And he says, when Jesus died at Calvary, he, was, he died in a garden, and in the garden was a new tomb. There it was. Hewn out of the side of a mountain. There it was. <laughs> I mean, this thing, of all the places I've been, I've been all around Jerusalem. I mean, all the way around, 360 degrees. I've never found a place like that anywhere except right there. Uh, there's a, they got their tombs all over. They're open all over the side of the mountain and everywhere else, but not like that. Not like that. That picture's this. I can see John running up and just stopping right there. You know what a lot of us do? We come right up to something and we stop. And we don't go all the way. 
With Jesus Christ, we should go all the way. We should never stop. But we, he stops. That's the disciple that John loved. You know, I know a lot of people love God. They love Jesus Christ. But we stop on him. We don't go all the way. John sits there, and Jesus even says he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. He loves him to death. But you know, he's had a place in life where uh, some things had, bad things happened. They had to put up with a lot of stuff. John went in, if that's the same disciple, it sounds like it is. He went in with the, with the, when they took him in for the trial, he was there. Peter was out warming himself by the fire. You know, it's amazing sometimes you'll get into a place, you'll get so scared about life or things happening in life, you'll lie. The guy that Peter cut his ear off comes and sees him warming his hands by the fire. He goes, you're one of his, oh, it's, it, the Bible says that that's the guy he cut his ear off. He goes, you just cut my ear off, man. I know exactly. Oh, it wasn't me, man. I there's, a, there's another guy out here who looks just like me. Yeah, this is what me. And all of a sudden that rooster goes, rock, rock, after a few seconds. He said, you'll deny me thrice. Before the cock crows twice, you'll deny me thrice. Three times. First time that cock didn't crow, just sitting there going, <clears throat> you could hear the cock over here go, <clears throat> clearing his throat. <clears> throat> it was the neatest thing when I was up, in, up there in uh, UP, they call it the UP. Uh, I guess it's LP, Lower Peninsula, and UP, Upper Peninsula. But anyways, the, the sheriff had to stop let all the turkeys go across. I mean, there's just, there must have been 35, 40 turkeys crossing. The, I looked at them. At first, I thought they was geese from away, because that's all we have around here. No, I said, man, I said, could you shoot them suckers? He goes, yeah, you can shoot them all day long. He goes, you got to be in season to do it. That guy was cool as anything. But, but uh, I mean, all these people, man, they, we sit there and we just get afraid. And I'm sitting there talking to cop. Man. It's just, this guy was cool as anything. I liked, I'd like to be in the same city with that guy. He's the sheriff. I'm sitting there. I go up there and buy the car, and I got uh, this other rental car. I got to take it back to the airport. The airport's like 20 miles away. And after he calls me a moron and everything else, I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. I said, I am a moron. I said, but, but I found you finally. At least I got in the right area. I said, he goes, uh, where's your sidekick at? I said, she stayed home. I said, I ain't got no sidekick. I said, my sidekick don't want to kick around with me anywhere. <laughs> he starts laughing. He says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to take this rental car, and I'm going to go out to the airport. I'm going to hitchhike. I said, no, I'll get an Uber driver. He said, you ain't going to get no Uber driver. This is the UP, man. He goes, I don't even think they can say Uber up here. So I said, okay, man, okay. He goes, I'll give you a ride, man. I said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, what? I said, I'm going to follow you. That way I can get there right first time up. He goes, you need to do that. He said, said, you're a moron. And we just kept talking. I told him about Dr. Peacock and my friend down there and him. And uh, his position in Jacksonville. And he goes, yeah, man. He goes, I have friends come up. We got deer hunting in here all the time up here. And he goes, and, and I gave him a track before I left. But we had a, I just want you all to know that. Uh, but he said, they all come up here. And, and I go out there. Because ain't nothing to do, man. He said, I'm on my own. He said, I can do whatever I want to do. He says, I go out there. And all the deer, these, all these policemen come from these big cities and stuff to come up here and, and, and hunt and do that kind of stuff. And then I go out there. And they like me. And we go out there and talk. And they say, put your radio on, man, so we can hear what's going on. Ooh, we want to hear. He goes, it is on. <laughs> he goes, no, no, I mean, I'm going to turn it to a channel where the action's at. He goes, it is on that channel. And all of a sudden he goes, officer, he goes, yes, yes. He goes, okay, just check and see where you're at. Click. <laughs> that was it. And he goes, ain't nothing happening up here, man. He goes, I like it up here. He goes, all these other people, people get shot and killed and everything. He goes, I've been doing this 31 years. I like it up here. It's quiet. He goes, I missed a couple things once. He goes, I went to join the Air Force after college. And he goes, as I was going down there, I went to, and I was going to be a police officer. 
And they told me there wasn't no police officers in it and didn't have no billets. And that's a lie. You know, that's the biggest lie. Because they wanted him to be a pilot. Because they get more money, get more points for you being a pilot. So they sent him off to be. And he said, no, I didn't want to do it. He goes, man, if I'd have done that. He goes, today I'd have been flying jet planes all over the place. And I'd have been thus. He goes, but. He goes, I wouldn't have been around my family. I wouldn't have been around my kids. I wouldn't have been around my aunts and uncles. I wouldn't have been around her dad, which is a pastor. He said, there's all kinds of stuff I wouldn't be. He said, I'm glad I'm right where I'm at. I said, brother, that's exactly, that's, that's my story to a T. Here's these guys, man, they come up to this tomb. And they're worried about this, they worry about that. They've had to watch some stuff, and they're looking in there, their mind's broken. And it says right there in verse 10, then the disciples went away again. That means they've done it once before. They were at the cross. They watched him die from a distance. They watched... Uh, the Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, and Nicodemus take the body down and take it, put it in a tomb. They've been there before. They, they probably followed from a distance to the tomb where they were at. They watched one. They, they may have been right on it. I'm not sure at that time. But it says they went away again from that place. They went away again under their own house. And they missed something. I mean, they missed it. 1 John 4.19 says this. We love him because he first loved us. You know, no matter what happens, Jesus still loves you. Amen. Always, 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 man. It doesn't matter. Uh, you hear me say you ought to be at the revival. I think you should. But if you're not, guess what? He still loves you. These guys leave the, the sepulcher, and he still loves them. He loves them. He's always loved them. He said he loved them to the end. John 1.29 says, the next day John seeth. You know what? John the Baptist, Jesus, first thing I want to say is that he, Jesus found you. You didn't find him. You need to know that. You weren't even looking for him. And he put something out in front of you, and, and you started seeing something, and then he put something else out there. It's like bait, man. I like he's baiting us. And he keeps doing that, and I think he loves that. He loves us. John, John the Baptist, man, was his cousin. And it said when he was uh, six months older than Jesus, and, and he was in Elizabeth, was getting great with child, about ready to have a baby. And, and when Mary came up, the babe leaped in her womb. John knew exactly who that was over there. He, he found that, you know, Jesus came and found him in the womb, man. He said, you ain't, he said I'm going, I knew you before you, you were born, man. I knew exactly who you were. Andrew, Andrew came and found Simon. And uh, he was one of the two that heard John speak, which followed him. And Andrew, uh, that was Simon's brother. And he said, hey, I found him. I found him. You know, Andrew, uh, Jesus found uh, Andrew. Andrew didn't find him. He found them. He walked among them. He talked to them. He was with them. He was there watching. They watched him do everything. He, they watched, I, I was talking about blind Bartimaeus. They, the, the man Sunday, I have talked about the man born blind. He went right to where that guy was. That guy couldn't come to him. He went to where he was. I think the lady who touched him and got healed, Jesus got close enough to him just like this, man. He knew that if this was that lady right here, he goes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then he probably put her mind, touch me, touch me, touch me. And she reaches out and touches him. As a matter of fact, wherever she was, he put it in her heart to come to him to that spot that he could be there in the crowd, in the press, so she could touch him. Jesus is always trying to get us to touch him. But the problem some of us will have is we leave, we go away again. It's not the first time you went away. You're going to miss something. I'm telling you, brother, you miss something. I always like going to church. I try as much as I can to be in church. Church is a good place to be. I like being around God's people. Sometimes I'm belly aching, sometimes I'm bitter, sometimes I'm mad, sometimes I'm upset, I'm in the back pew. 
Uh, even if I'm not in the back pew feeling good, I'm still in the back pew. I'd rather be in the back pew in a worse. This, where else are you going to go? I like Peter, man. Where else am I going to go? You have the words of life. I don't understand when I read through my Bible and I get over and I'm over in uh, Numbers and, and they sit there and come up to him and God has to kill everybody because they don't believe him. What is more important to us tonight that we would put Jesus on the shelf and go and do what we want to do? But that's what the whole Old Testament's all about. It's about a bunch of people. How can, I mean, let's, let's face it. There is no other answer. For us, there is not one. It's Jesus or nothing. And if that's the case, I'm, I'll tell you, my mind's just logic. It's just strictly logic. You may not think that, but it is. If that's the only thing I've got, I don't care what I want to do or what I want or what I think I need. That don't matter. That's the end. If that's reality, why would I care? You read over and say, uh, uh, put him away, get him out of here. Over here. I was reading, I'm, I'm in Isaiah too, man. It's no different in Isaiah as it is in Numbers. Just the time, years later. They're over here saying, don't preach us. Don't tell, don't tell us about God. We don't want to hear about it. Why wouldn't you want to hear about it? Because no matter what you go out and do in this world and the filth you could possibly get in, you're still going to have to answer to him one day. Why would you want to do that? I just, I'm like, Lord, why would they do that? He goes, Mike, because they never found me. And they just went away. And they just went somewhere else they wanted to go and they wanted to get their little thing for a few minutes and get their little joy for a few minutes and they didn't really realize what eternity was. I sent them in there. I sent them in their promised land and all they had to do was go in and come back and I'm God and they got afraid. Fear is one of the worst things you'll ever get. You need to recognize fear in your life and cast it out. No matter what you can do. People say, oh no, no. Fear will stop you from serving God. It'll keep, you, it'll keep you where you don't want to be. Fear is a bad, I don't like fear, man. I don't like, I remember on this ship, I, I went out there and I got so mad at everybody. And I mean, I could name them off, you know most of them. I got so mad at them wimps. And they all act like men. Bunch of stinking wimps. All there is a little yard arm sticks out over the side of the ship about 20 feet. And a cable coming down and a ladder going down. You ever get on one of them rope ladder things? Bunch of guys who act like men. Afraid to go down that ladder. Well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I, you can kill yourself real quick. Now, you make a bad mistake. And if you're not trained to do that, I was never trained. I never did that. I just did it to fair. And every time at the fair, I fell off. I never got up that thing on the ladder where they had a ladder on there. And you climb up that thing. I always fell off that thing. But they made me so mad, I went down that thing. And all I did is I said, wait a second. I don't always have to do what everybody else does. But I can watch some other people and remember what they did. And I can do what they just did. And I might live. I was so mad, I didn't care if I died. I'm like, here you bunch of whiny crybabies, man. We got a ship full of people sitting here watching us. And you won't go do your job. And we expect them to go do it. You know, this world is looking at us. We're Christians. And we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. And when the world sits there and watches you, why should they do it if you won't? Hey, your equipment's down on that boat. Why won't you go down there and get it? Now, my uniform is pristine. I tell you about it all the time. I mean, my, my work uniforms were pristine. I mean, the creases, every, you cut your finger every time. You look at it, and your fingers start bleeding. That's, I mean, they were sharp, man. They were sharp. Me and Beth got married. I'm telling you all the truth. You ask her, I wouldn't let her iron my uniforms for a while. She did not do it good enough. <laughs> 
I'm like, when it's done, it has to be just right, man. I have three creases in the back, and they have to be just perfect, right down the line, man, all three of them. I mean, right down. I've never seen those things. Everybody else did. Hand stenciled names on my clothes. I mean, every bit of it. You say, what? I crawled out on that beam, and that wire coming down, because the salt, they got grease all over that wire. And you tell me, I just ruined a uniform right there. But I didn't care. That whole ship was watching me do that. They, I think they all think I was going to die right there, so that was cool. They were happy about that. They wanted to see an ET, ET get smashed. And I did exactly what they did. I watched, and my mind is, I, I carefully went down that thing, and when I got to the bottom, I waited for the right time and stepped off, and everything went, got the radio. I got up there, and everyone, I mean, I could get almost anything on that ship after that. You know, your testimony sometimes, I preached to people before, and they looked at me, and they'd sit there and talk to me all day long. You know, a lot of people are, they're afraid. They're afraid to go up and hand somebody a gospel track because you're afraid what they're going to say to you. Why would you be afraid? you got the God of the universe on your side. Why would you be afraid? I went down to Virginia Beach. These four big black guys. I mean, I'm big. These guys were like, they were like Goliath, man. I mean, all four of them, they must have been football players or something. I mean, I, I looked up to them like this. They're big guys. And I'm sitting here scared to death. I'm like, man, if I go over there, they're just going to crush me. So if I go to the first one, he's big enough to crush me anyway. And the other three are going to cheer him on. I picked the biggest guy out of that bunch and went right to him. Hey, can I give you a gospel track, sir? Sure, man. The other two, three took him too. Now you say, what is that? That's getting over your fear. You got to get over that stuff, man. You got to get over your, I went this witch in there one time. Man, I'll get to the message here in a second. I can go through this real quick. There's a witch. There was a witch came out and started preaching at us. And I'm sitting there going, then the whole, a whole, place down there was just women down there in their little bikinis and everything else. I'm like, oh God, I can't do this, man. I can't. I just don't like men around. And he said, hey, pick out your building up here, man. And, and look at this building and just start preaching to that building. Preach at a corner of a building up here somewhere. Keep your eyes off the crowd. Just preach up here. The voice will still go out. I said, okay, I'll do that. And I could do it, man. I did that for about five or six weeks. Worked perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden, one day, the Lord said, now look down, man. And I looked down. You know, I no longer cared about the clothing or anything like that. You could see their faces. You see sin all over. You know what sin does? It eats people up. And if you get yourself away from that stuff for a while and you do what the Lord tells you to do and you do it the right way, there'll be a day when he'll open your eyes up and you'll see that stuff and you'll see what sin does. That's why you run from that stuff. John, John, Peter came. Uh, the Lord found every one of them. Then he walked among them. You know, the Lord came down there. He wept when he looked over Jerusalem because he's seen the sin in their faces. You know, the strangest thing is when you tell somebody something, sometimes they don't get it. And they think that you're a hypocrite and you don't know what you're talking about. And you really do know what you're talking about. I can read people in about two minutes. I don't even need two minutes. About a minute, I can tell you pretty much where you're at in life with Jesus Christ. And I feel like I'm backslidden about half the time. People look at it because they get so tied up in this filthy, stinking world, they miss him. Yet every now and then in the Bible, you'll find this person, they'll find him. I mean, that, that lady who touched him, man, she felt virtue go, he said, I felt virtue go through me. I mean, she must have felt it really coming because she knew exactly she was healed up. She said she felt it heal her up. You know, when you get something from Jesus, you know it came. I'm really, I'm, i got to hurry, man. I only got six pages. They followed him everywhere he went. Coming into the city right there at the end, they, they threw the straw down and everything on the donkey, and he called him king, and and everything else until the trouble comes. You know, a lot of people say things out of their mouths. They just say stuff. They don't really mean it. He helped them. John 141 says he first found his own brother, Simon. He helped a Andrew get it, and Andrew went and got it. But you know where Andrew was before he was with Jesus? He was with John the Baptist. 
And John the Baptist sits there and goes, hey, hey, there he is, man. There he is. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. There he is, right there. Andrew goes, woohoo, there he is. Andrew was a turncoat, man. Andrew was a, he always looked for the better deal. And if I can leave whatever I'm doing and serve Jesus, then I'm going to leave whatever I'm doing. He left John the Baptist to serve Jesus. He left the old way for the new way. Then he went and got his brother. Then James and John pops in there. And you know what the Lord did? He helped him all the way through there. He seen Nathaniel. Nathaniel said, hey, can there anything come good out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. He went and see. Guess what he saw? Jesus. They served him. He called the 12 for a while. I'm getting this all precursor stuff to the message. He called the 12 and said, hey, I'm going to send you 12. One of them was Judas. And he sends them out. They follow him. They do what it, they're doing what he says. They watch everything he does for three years. And at the end of this thing, one of them turns him in for 30 pieces of silver. And the other 11 leave. Now, I don't mind the sleeping in the, in the garden. I, I do that stuff too. They lost him, man. They lost him at the Last Supper. They didn't know what was going on. In the garden, they came and took him. At the judgment hall, they were all scared to death. On the road to Calvary, they watched him carry that cross from in the crowd. They were just probably buried in that crowd where you couldn't even see him. The crucifixion from afar off, they were sitting there watching that thing. They weren't there with him. Then his death. And then when they took the body, Joseph of Arimathea and, and uh, Nicodemus came and took that body. I, I love Nicodemus, man. I, lo I love the story right there in John chapter 3 where it said Nicodemus came to him at night. You know, a lot of times when you start seeing people in this world, you've got to realize that, hey, they're not, maybe not where you're at. And Nicodemus, he was, he was a Pharisee, and he was up in this thing somewhere, and way up there where Paul was, and, and, and the Lord was sitting there talking to him. The Lord always loved him enough to talk to him exactly like he was as he's a man. And Nicodemus came and said, Lord, he said, I know you're a, a, a ruler of the Jews. He said, he said he was a ruler of Jews. He said, uh, he said, we know you come from God. No man can do what the miracles you do except God be with you. He said, there ain't no way. The first thing Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. You got to be born again, Nicodemus. You go through the whole book of John, and at the very end of that thing, here's Nicodemus, man. He's up here. He no longer cares about Pilate. He no longer cares about none of the the, or the, uh, the Pharisees or nobody else. He's with Joseph of Arimathea and I'm going to get that body and we're going to go put it in the tomb. And they watch him and they watch that stone get rolled across into that tomb. And then once they get that thing done, they walk away. That's the first time they leave. Pa Paul, John chapter 20, verse 13, Mary is sitting there and she's, she's by herself, and she says, I don't know where they laid him. You know, sometimes we lose Jesus because the trials of life gets in our way. This is just real quick stuff. Loss of a loved one, something else is getting away, and, and uh, Brother Joe's up there, and, and he, the fear of, of just hurting us. So, I mean, falling, my mom, she fell and broke her hip, and she's scared. The doctor told her today she can do whatever she wants to do. Uh, I told her, I said, go home, man. I said, that's what you always say. You want to go back to Louisville? Go back to Louisville. That's what I want to do. In about three months. And then three months from now, she'll say, but, but maybe in three months more, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. But I mean, she said that fear will tear you up, but the loss of loved ones, she has never got over the loss of her daughters. She never has. I don't blame her. I mean, it's, I, I don't know what that feeling is. Uh, not getting what you think you deserve or, not really, or getting what you really deserve. <laughs> that, that'll mess you up too. I've seen a lot of people, they just go away. 
But Mary, Mary's kind of a strange young girl, man. And, and uh, it says right there at the end of that passage, over John chapter uh, 20, verse 10, it says, then the disciples. Mary is sitting right there behind those disciples. And she, she went and told them, the body's gone. And they believed her and they went back. And, and they, when they look in there and they walk around the place and, and the body's there and he sees the napkins all apart and the napkins over here folded up nice and neat and, and the, the grave clothes is all over here. Uh, they sit there and scratch her head and then they just go away. That's it. Title of this message is Missing a Blessing. Mary's sitting there. Mar, Mar, Paul's up on Mars Hill back in Acts a little bit further down the road. And he gets to a lot of people and in Acts 17, 27, he says, uh, that they should seek the Lord. He goes, you know, sometimes, he goes, Jesus is never far away from us. And sometimes we think he's farther away than we think he is, but he's always there. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's right there with you all the time. I believe he's right here with me right now. He said, they should never, uh, that they should seek the Lord's face or that, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him. You know, sometimes you got to look, man. You got to kind of go out like you're blind, man, at nighttime and t- trying to feel stuff. Hit your head on something, get this bright flash of light. Whoa, what was that? It was a, was a wall there, a brick or something that you just hit. And you keep feeling around, and guess what? Eventually you'll get a hold of him. He says, though he be not far from every one of us. There's not a person in this room that Jesus ain't around right now. And no matter where we go in our daily travel, he's right there with us all the way. Then in verse 22, Acts 17, 22, he says this. Then Paul stood on, on, in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens. <laughs> he said, I perceive. I've got, I go up this hill like this, man, all over the place. And there's statues everywhere, man. You're just a bunch of Catholics. All you are. He goes, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. We're that way too a lot of times. We got things that'll just take us away. For as I pass by and behold your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. You know where our God is today? It's right there. We can't live without that thing. I mean, it's almost impossible. People's lives are completely wrapped around this thing for some reason. I think it's a good phone. I, hate it. I ignore it most of the time. People call, I ignore it. Unless I, you look at it and I feel like you really need to talk to me, I ignore the thing. I, I just want to ignore it. Uh, yeah, what I found out is this thing, everybody wants something. And they're all out there sitting there doing nothing at all. And they want stuff. And if you would just throw this stinking thing away and go do what you think you should do, you would find out that it would, it would simplify your life a whole lot. Instead of just sitting there looking and saying, I want, I want, I want, I want. It doesn't, it doesn't work. But he's up on Mars Hill. He says, to them, oh God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare unto you. You know what's wrong with us? I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. We, we miss something. I had a couple names for this. Seeing Jesus. Missing the blessing. I mean... And they went away again. You know how many people I've known over 43 years that have gone away and they just, and they come back and they go away again. And they never stick it out long enough to get the blessing. Mary's sitting here behind them and they leave. Verse 11, John 20, uh, 19, uh, yeah, John 20, 11. If you go back there and here, we'll be here the rest of, this, rest of the night until midnight. Hey, Paul preached around midnight, and, and thank God we're not on the second floor because anybody falls out the window, you ain't going to die. But Mary, but. I always like them buts in the Bible, man. You start reading your buts in the Bible, man. It's just but. It's like, stop, man. Think about this. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. We talked about some amazing things. Peter and John has just left the sepulcher. 
Didn't find a thing. And they hit out of Dodge because they didn't wait. They just left. Mary's sitting there weeping. Maybe that's why Peter and John didn't get nothing because they weren't weeping. It's a sad thing, man, when we lost the opportunity to cry for something or shed a tear for Jesus Christ. Here's this lady sitting there weeping, without the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down like John did and looked into the sepulcher. And what did she see? She saw something amazing and see two angels. Mere, I mean, mere moments after Peter and John left. Mary sees two angels. Same spot where those two guys were. I think Mary wanted to see something, and those other two really didn't. They were just looking for a dead corpse. She's looking for something more than just a dead corpse. She's looking for Jesus. Jesus always sends a precursor before he shows up. You do know that, right? If he's going to show up, he's going to show up with a couple of buddies. His, and Michael and Gabriel are the guys. It's not Moses and Elijah, by the way. He'll use them. He'll show up on the, on the mountain with Peter, James, and John if it's a Jewish thing. But if he's going to show up around the world, anywhere, it's going to be with uh, Michael and Gabriel. I got that, man. Up on the side of the mountain with Abraham, here comes the Lord. I think Michael and Gabriel is right with him. Center, like this, two bodyguards. You touch a hair on his head and you're toast. I'll kill all of you. I'll kill the whole planet. You, you even think about hurting him. Jesus sitting there saying, no, no, no. You mess, uh, oh, by the way, Abraham, don't mess with these two. These two right here. I mean, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias. He just says, well, I, you're, you're mute for nine months, man. I mean, these guys have no mercy on guys at all. Brethren, you ought to, if you're going to hang out with some angels, you better find you a lady to go with you because uh, ladies get a bye with it. It says, and seeing two angels in white, talking about some amazing things. You know what you could do by leaving something too soon? You miss some amazing things. Mary got to look in there and, oh, there's these two guys in white. One place it says there are two men. That place says two angels. Two men, two angels, same thing. She sees two angels in white sitting. The one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus is laying. Jesus is so, so important that the place he lays down, the angels are going to watch both ends. That place is holy wherever his body touched. Brother, you, I'm telling you what, we serve a risen Savior that's in the world today. We, we serve a God that is, is an amazing thing what we get to serve. But sometimes we leave before we get to see the amazing things. You know what I've done for 43 years? I mean, I tell you, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's terrible. You just hang in there and you just keep going. I've watched people, they come for something and they didn't get it and they leave. You just didn't stay long enough. I've driven all over this country to get stuff. I drove from Atlanta, Georgia to Birmingham, Alabama one time for a Wednesday night service. And I forgot there was an hour change. And by the time I got from Atlanta, five hour drive. When I got there, it was just a prayer service they was having. And I done thought, when I looked at my watch from Atlanta time, it was already 8 o'clock, and I said, I'm late, man. I done missed it. I said, but hey, man, I can get in there. Maybe they'll sing a song right at the end, and I can sing a song for me on the way back. <laughs> All the way over there, man, I was excited. Five hours, man, just to go to a prayer meeting. Why, there was nothing in Atlanta. Why would I want to stay there? I'd rather go be with some brothers and sisters that I don't even know who they are. For five minutes, man, I, here's these two old ladies walking in. I still remember the rest of my life. 
I'm like, hey, man, I'll just get behind him. I'll hide behind him like this. I said, Mary and all the rest of them got through it. They'll think I'm just, when they, I'll put my thing up like it. They'll think I'm some old lady coming in. I'll sneak in the back and sit there. And uh, Charlie was there. Brother Charlie was there. Andrews. Charlie, what's Andrews? Yeah, so he was up there preaching. And I never really met him. And I walked in. He goes, he goes, brother, who are you? I said, oh, I'm nobody, man. I'm just a nothing. He said, no, I've seen you before. I said, yeah, yeah, I've been up charity. And, and he goes, yeah, I know, I know, I got you. He said, where'd you come from? I said, I was over in Atlanta. And I was, I was, he was taking prayer requests. I was over in Atlanta, and I drove across to get here. I thought I was going to be late, man. I said, but I see right now there's an hour change, and it's now 7. So service is just getting ready to start. He goes, you know, we just do prayer service on Wednesday night. I said, that's cool, man. I said, I'm good for prayer. I said, I like prayer service. And he, he put the thing up and says, you know what? I think I'm going to preach tonight. And that guy preached a message just for me. You say, what was it? That was God. I've seen some amazing things. And they don't all have to be lightning and flashing and all this other stuff. It has to be just God. Being, you know, I got to go all the way back across to Atlanta. I stopped at Texas Roadhouse and got me a big old fat steak. <laughs> Big old baked tater, man. That's probably why I was overweight all these years. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had a blast, man, in my life serving Jesus Christ. It has not always been good. 90% of Navy time was terrible. 10% was great. Maybe 5% was great and 95 was terrible. But you know what? I have forgotten all the 95% and I only think about the 5% great stuff. Until you get right face to face with them big ugly ships and you go, oh my Lord, what did I just do? I just re-enlisted for six years for this thing. And then all the 95% rushes back in your mind, but then the Lord will bring that 5% pe- that in there and say, yeah, but look at all this stuff happened on the last one. Mary's sitting there, got to see some amazing things because she didn't leave. She just sat there and wept. She felt just like the two guys did, Peter and James. The body's gone. We don't know where it's at. They took it. They just took it. Somebody took it. She didn't know he rose from the dead yet. She had no idea. Mary is now in the presence of the angels and probably, it's probably Michael and Gabriel. I think it is. I always think them two guys are always there. Verse 13 says, and they said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Why would we ever get into a place being saved? Why would we ever get into a place where we let this world bring us down? There is nothing in this world that should ever bring you down. Knowing that you're saved, Mary didn't know that. Peter and James didn't know that. John didn't know that. We know that. I know that Jesus died for me at Calvary 2,000 years ago. He shed his blood and he spilt it in 1980 on a back porch. He revealed that to me and I didn't even know what he really did. And I just believed him and got saved right there. I mean, I know what he did. You know what keeps me going for 43 years? That. And he goes, I'm going to give you some icing on the cake. That's the cake. I'm going to give you the icing and some sprinkles and some flowers. And I'll give you some congratulations stuff on there. And we love you. Some candles. Don't forget the candles because you got to keep putting them on big cake. <laughs> keep putting more candles on. He goes, you don't. He said, I'm going to make a big cake because I don't want you to know when the last day is. So I ain't going to tell you how many candles. But he puts all this stuff. And then you get to eat it. And you get to enjoy it. You know what happens if you leave too early? You don't get to enjoy it. I've been here for 43 years, man. Not necessarily here, but I've been in this thing for 43 years. I've watched it, man. I've watched people come and go, come and go. And they'll go after this world, and this world will sting them, and it'll mess them up. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. 
Mary, Mary's sitting there, and she's talking to them angels, and they says, and they said unto her, Woman, two angels. I mean, it says two angels, and they're talking to her. Woman, why weepest thou? Question mark. Like, what in the world is your problem? You know what? Angels don't understand that. They look down over heaven. They watch Jesus in, in a human form, in a bodily form, in a body, soul, and a spirit die on a cross. But at the same moment, they knew that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was in that guy, that, that God was still there. And they're probably looking down in heaven and said, how does that work, man? How's that work? Boy, can we go get him? No, you can't go get him. This has to happen. Leave him alone. And Jesus sits down there and dies, gives up the ghost. He steps out of that thing. Michael and Gabriel probably gets a big smile on their face. Man, he did it again. Look at that, man. We've been watching this from the foundation of the world. He just keeps doing stuff like that, and he keeps, he keeps winning every single time. Look at that right there, man. He can do anything. I can hear him up there in heaven right now, every angel. He can do it all, man. He does everything. What can he not do? They're just sitting there. They're sitting here. They're questioning, why weepest thou? He's not dead. He's, 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 he said he's not here. He's risen. Didn't say that here. I think he says it in the other one. Mary says, because they have taken him away. Taking away my Lord. Now she doesn't understand the resurrection yet. I mean, there's there's sorrow there and anguish and pain, and she doesn't understand all that stuff yet. But she knows he's he's her Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. She had no idea. It says, and when she had said thus, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus standing and knew him not. You know, Jesus says the same thing to her that the angel said. The angel said, why? Woman, why weepest thou? You know, Jesus never has to change the word of God. He doesn't have to change a thing. He knows exactly if the angels, he can, he can chime right into what an angel says because he knows these guys are on my side. He didn't have to change it up so he could say something different and be different than Michael and Gabriel. You know, he didn't. He's, he's, the angel said, woman, why weepest thou? Well, she turns around and says that she thought he was a garden. Jesus said, woman, why weepest thou? Whom, seek, whom seeketh thou? You know, sometimes he just wants to hear you say it. You know, what's the sad part about this whole thing. James and John could have saw the same thing. Or Peter and John could have saw the same thing. And they, they weren't there. Thomas is not there either. When he actually shows up at where, where he does and he finally gets a hold of these guys, Thomas isn't there. And he goes, unless I see the holes in the side and fingers and everything else, he says, I ain't going to believe it. Look at that time wasted. That if they would have just there, they'd have got it. That'd have been more stories they could have told. Jesus said unto her, Mary. All she's asking, where's the body at? I'll go get it. She turned herself and said, as soon as he said Mary, just the sound of his voice. Boy, one of these days, I tell you what, brethren, that rapture is going to happen. And Jesus is going to say, come up hither. And you're going to know exactly whose voice that is. There won't be a doubt in your mind. Each and every one of us will know exactly whose voice that is. There's only one person that can say that in the way he's going to say it that's going to get the reaction that it gets. And it's going to get one. But I tell you what's going to put a smile. I think, I think everybody's going to go up like this. However, I think some people are going to go up feet first because they're going to be holding on to the ground trying to hold on to what they got. Some of us are going to go up like that because you ain't got nothing here to left. But the other people are going to be down against, and they're going to go up, and you have to look down at them and say, what's wrong with you, man? You're upside down. In the twinkling of an eye, you're going to be here. You're going to be standing up in heaven, and Jesus is going to have to have you levitate, levitate, uh, levitated six feet off the ground so he can look at you eye to eye. 
Wouldn't it be funny, man, if you let you stay upside down for like 100 years? People say, well, where do you get that at? I just watch people. And we miss stuff. Just a mere couple of seconds is all it took if Peter and John would have stayed. That they would have seen those angels in there too. You're talking about some amazing things. You ever seen any amazing things that the Lord's done? He's just done amazing, amazing things. Simple thing with that guy, that sheriff up there. I'm sitting there. I've watched this guy, man, and we're, he picks his phone. The phone rings. He goes, oh, it's a 